More than for your feline, catnip brings you friends. For calming morning sickness, with roses makes a lovely blend. They say this herb can make you pretty, or even bless your house. Surely you'd bond with Kitty, a treat for every mouse. To welcome some luck into your abode, hang some catnip above your door, or chew its leaves to relieve a toothache. A tea concoction will help you snore. Surely by now you can plainly see, catnip is for many. Furry or human or in between, its uses are aplenty. Greetings! Welcome to A Thousand Serious Moves with Amanda Holstein. This is an occasionally comedic, poetic podcast about mysticism, spirituality, and the esoteric. On this season of A Thousand Serious Moves, we're diving into some magical and practical uses of herbs. Today's herb of the day is catnip. Before we dive into all the details about catnip, though I'm sure you've gotten a hint from the poem that I read at the beginning, which I wrote. Before we get into all of the details, we always like to check in here at A Thousand Serious Moves. Happy New Year! Happy 2022 to you. How's it going? As a disseminator of information, I'll regurgitate what I've heard from my astrological sources is that 2022 is a continuation of 2021. Um, there's no reason to think that there that just because the first hit that everything is going to be like fresh start, right? It's not like all the planets just like shifted in a different position. Um, because... What's really funny to me about people who discount astrology is that they're usually the same people who discount Christianity. And which is ironic, right? Because Christianity were the ones or you know, uh you know who touted like we don't need astrology. But the reason that they said that is not because astrology is false bunk bullshit. It's because they believe that the soul could transcend the fate of the stars. So it's not like they were like, that's bullshit. Like, none of this shit's fucking real. They were like, no, my soul goes beyond the realms of the planets. And I'm not bound by fate to be tossed around. It's like a plaything of these gods. Like, you know, the planets being like symbolic of gods or archangels, depending on which system. Um language is limited and so it's funny how like a lot of materialists will say that astrology is bullshit when they're kind of like subscribing to like a christian kind of belief and they also like don't really know and so how could you talk shit about something that you don't know about like not all perspectives are equal like just because you have an opinion about something if it's not really informed why 
in our relativistic society would we give all opinions and all perspectives equal weight? Um, it's just something to think about. So, so the astrology of this year is a continuation of 2021. They say that the shitty parts are going to be kind of shittier, but that the good parts are going to be better. So hang on and buckle up. You know, it's kind of a blessing though, like 2020 to 2021 till now, it feels like that there's this call for personal and spiritual growth. Whereas when we were in this like really complacent state where we were, um, you know, the old ways of doing things are no longer working where it's like, I can't just like fuck whoever I want anymore. Like drinking and doing drugs, like doesn't work for me anymore. Um, I'm just speaking personally where it's like, if I feel called to growth and to moving old, moving out of old patterns, then it's going to require a certain amount of effort. And in a way it's, I could contribute part of it, probably a large part due to bonding with my holy guardian angel, um, two years ago and sort of her pushing me and saying, okay, so we've chosen this path now of wisdom and seeking realization. And so what does that entail? It entails, um, deepening levels of surrender. But I also see that within a society as well, um, this restlessness, the, the like destructive tides passing through where it's like, how does one, what does one do in the face of destruction? Um, and I guess that's going to bring me to my first poem that I'm going to read. Um, I guess it, we'll call it uh, Dumpster Fire. A razor outside a dumpster, upside down, a sideways monster. Mother Earth and Father Time, dissolution of both while I get what's mine. There I went a-walking, rewilding my life. Every text message a reminder that I'm someone else's ex-wife. I had a dream of holding hands, key tags, and Mexico, telling him to fuck the fuck off. His name was Sergio. A love language, like a breeze through wheat, or some unnamed plant life, a sign without a street, taming a flame like waiting for dinner. Every time I look up, I act like a sinner, singer. My first robe was singed, taking photos of ladybugs like they're not from within. Truth or consequences, what shall I wear? To a suavecito dinner party, make sure to wash your hair.
So um, this poem came to me as I was out on a walk as part of my spiritual practice and rewilding my life, connecting with the goddess, Mother Earth, um, and I saw a razor blade outside a dumpster. And so that inspired this poem, as well as a dream that I had. Um, yeah, I guess I, yeah, okay. I was going to say more about it, but, um, I mean, who likes to hear about other people's dreams, right? So, but one of the things that I've been really diving into over the past few weeks is this, like, dissolution of the concept of time. Um, so you might hear that in a few of these poems here. Um, one time when I was on mushrooms, the, okay, a pause Sometimes people talk about like visions that they had and they like don't disclose the fact that they were on drugs at the time. And so I'll just disclose right now, I was on drugs at the time. And it was actually, I think it was actually the last time that I ever took mushrooms. Um, I was laying on my bed and had this distinct sense that the music that was playing, that I was orchestrating it, and I also heard a distinct um, voice telling me that I'm a saint and that I chose to become a saint and that being a saint is a choice and also a calling. So there's something interesting about calling and choosing at the same time and something about orchestrating the music myself something about being a creator um, in the image of, we'll call it God, though, you know, God is a, that's, this is a symbolic language. So am I a creator? This is something that the New Agers talk a lot about, like, but it's also has its mystical implications as well it's like where attention goes energy flows and so we've talked about that a lot here on a thousand serious moves of cleaning up my side of the street clearing out the habit patterns of my mind so that I can create a more clear reality and so if I have a lot of blocks a lot of um in Kabbalah they're called klipa like eggshell they're like shells that like reify patterns of the mind that tell me that this is all reality is right but if you've ever taken psychedelics or had any type of mystical experience even without drugs maybe you've you've even gotten you know, as David Hyam Smith says, the lightning flash of awareness where all of a sudden you realize that perception is what is like my interpretation of reality is not the same as like actual reality. And then, you know, from an extremist point of view is that reality is not even real, that this material world, these like three dimensions, like the dimensions aren't even real. So time is one of them as well. And so this last trip that I was on mushrooms, there was this sense that I like met father time and that I was like, it was like a prison that this like time was a prison. And then now I'm learning like, is time even real? Like, 
is are any of these prisons of my mind, whether it's like a belief about, oh, this person doesn't like me, or whether it's a belief about I'm not good enough, or whether it's a belief um, that a certain food tastes good, or whether it's a belief in time. Like, are all of the, like, how many eggshells, how many klepa are putting limitations on me as a divine creator. And so speaking for myself is that the spiritual path is about peeling away these layers. And in the system that I'm learning is like um, being inoculated by the disease. And so now that I'm clean, I don't do drugs anymore because that last mushroom trip put me through a fucking tailspin. I mean, there were many reasons for me to stop using drugs Drugs because as a truly like mystical seeker, there's actual work that's entailed in pursuing the path of enlightenment or Gnostic realization. And the drugs are what David Hyam Smith says are a party favor. It's a trick of the mind. And so somebody like Ram Dass, right? Like uh, we have, we're selling one of his books at Ocotillo and we have it flipped so that the cover is like facing the front and you can see his crazy LSD eyes. And I remember there are so many times when I was on LSD that, yeah, I did get a lot of insights, but were those insights truly integrated? Um, And I'm speaking again for myself because as somebody who has addictive tendencies, one is too many and a thousand is never enough. Because even if I get that one hit of enlightenment from a drug trip, then I'm going to want to be on those drugs all the time in order to stay enlightened. But that's not truly how enlightenment works. Um, stable realization, as they say, um, requires the trudging uphill and that the path is actually the enlightenment and the well, the crystallization of the philosopher's stone requires work and like a grinding away, right? We talk about the quarry place, the like grinding away of the stone. And so this is my day-to-day surrender to the divine. And so it's not that drugs are bad, right? Like it's not that the mushroom trip hasn't helped me in many times before. And it's not as if the LSD didn't help me awaken in so many ways, but there also reached a point where it was like now onto the next level now onto like, what do we do with this information and how do I integrate it into my life? Because I can't just be like on drugs all the time. And also the drugs will make you kind of crazy and disconnected from other people and learning the spiritual principles of a spiritual path are also extremely important, like humility, right? Like instead of like being like, I'm on drugs and I fucking know everything and like look at these fucking shells, right? Like humility is a spiritual principle. Listening, like silence, like silence is such a powerful thing to do or to not do to not talk and to just listen and even if you know something that maybe other people don't know 
um, maybe pausing and finding a wise way to express yourself rather than just trying to like contribute more information to a conversation or trying to like show how enlightened you are. And again, these are all from my own personal experience where I would hear people say things that I didn't agree with and so I would try to step in and like show how much I know like let me show you how spiritual I am right like you can already see like the irony in that and so the spiritual life is not a theory it must be lived to quote the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous which is also a mystical path as well um, so I'm going to read another poem here that was inspired to me by the beloved muse because in these creative and well mostly destructive tide tides and times um you know you got to take creativity whenever it comes in so i was so inspired by the muse and here is this poem dedicated to her or him or they or it or none of this is real surrender to the muse while I got the blues, paying my attention on a late fall afternoon, the day before the solstice, while all I plot and scheme, I only hang out with the Christos, I wear his wedding ring, for I am wed to a holy angel and how my heart does sing whenever I remember her. Wisdom and joy she does bring. A weeding out, a desert owl, like the hundred and second psalm. How I wonder if it's set in stone or changes like my palm. Intention setting is so cliche, but I don't give a fuck. Whatever works with harm to none, I'm just trying to get unstuck. Unravel this bind, my hand behind my back. What is it that I'm hiding? I wear too many hats. Every time I see a mirror, I cannot see the same. Do I look for all is vanity or self-reflection? What's my name? Fame and fortune, one day at a time. Who or what am I really? Where do I draw the line? To practice setting boundaries, saying no without effect, or bumming loosers, Lucy's from a writer, a sculptor, or reject. Help me, I cry. In a stream, a ceaseless flow, a fountain, a garden, to the threshing floor I go. Am I passing dissolution, the word of the day? Have you got your eighth injection, 
can you finally come out and play? I don't mean to mean anything, except that when I do, I've forgotten what I'm saying. Oh yeah, I love you. So that's another fun thing going on. Uh, what else? What does that inspire? A lot of is like holy guardian angel stuff. It's talking about the eighth injection. So that goes back to something I was touching on earlier about the cure is in the disease. Um, yeah, it's like, what do I do whenever like my mind is in this like thought loop, these like old patterns that don't serve me. And then I have a certain level of awareness where I can see the thought patterns, but I can't seem to get myself out of them. So I do pray to my higher power, which I do not call God actually. Um, I don't know why I need to say that because um, I'm not a theist, I'm not an atheist. Just for today, it's none of your business what I believe. How about that? So here's another poem. It's called Black Death. Black Death. What other kind of death is there but to fall in love with the beloved? Even if I shed blood or gush forth on the altar, at least I did the next right thing, so my left eye would stop twitching, the clock ticking, and my dog didn't wake up until noon. I fell asleep at 8 p.m., no longer waiting for the call, of distractive text messages, like the residual smell of French toast. Show me one present moment to remember compassion in the midst of screaming silence. So this idea of the residual smell of French toast is that even in neuroscience, we know that by the time we've perceived something that it's already passed. So my teacher says, show me one present moment. So it's like everything that we perceive as like this reality is actually um, like the residue. It's like my teacher says, it's like, when you walk in reality, what we perceive to be reality is like when you walk into a room and you can smell French toast that was made in the morning and that's already been eaten. And so all we're getting is that the after effect of it. So that kind of goes back to this like notion of time and this dissolution of conceptions. Here's another poem. It's called Embracing Fantasy. Waiting for death is like drinking fresh spring water 
already knowing the truth that the beloved waits for me while I get inoculated by the incessant sting of a scorpion in and out of treatment like I used to binge and purge. And suddenly the obsession continues like it never stopped when I stopped using drugs. Yet I play with ideas like a cat with a dead mouse. Show me one present moment. Show me one. So I guess what I'm saying by all of this is that in the process of seeking wisdom and the dissolution of old thought and habit patterns, it also entails a confrontation with those habit and thought patterns that are extremely toxic. And so when I was using drugs, I was just numbing and pushing away all of these feelings and trying to create new habits with uh, to get over the old ones instead of unraveling the pain that was causing the old ones to begin with. So like I've shared recently is that, you know, being clean and sober now is like, you know, old eating disorder thoughts coming up because the eating disorder didn't go away just because I started using drugs. It just was masked. And so here I am now like, okay, you know, dissolve old thought patterns, dissolve old habit patterns. So it's like, well, what are those old thought and habit patterns? Let's take a look at them in order that they may be dissolved. So it's this complex, like, you know, it's like in your, in your pocket, you hold the key. Um, but the prison itself has become so reified. And so what I do is I seek solutions. I say, here's a problem. How can I find a solution? I'm not going to stay stuck in the problem. I'm going to reach out to other people who are in recovery. I'm going to listen to podcasts that are about whatever it is that I'm needing to heal, whether it's eating disorder, whether it's drug use, whether it's codependency. Like I'm going to reach out. I'm going to listen to podcasts. Um, maybe you're like more of a reader, maybe like getting a book um, on like helping you to heal these parts of yourself. Um, that's to me is like seek and you shall find the solution is already available and so sometimes it takes a minute like I need to get really really uncomfortable before I then seek a solution Um, but it's beautiful to know that there's solutions available just like when I was avoiding um, a situation with the IRS um, I just kept I was on drugs so I just kept throwing the letters away thinking that they would just go away um, and, uh, lo and behold, it did not. So whenever I got clean, um, I say that pausing cause I, I was, I had quit Adderall at that point. So I wasn't clean, clean. Like I just like had quit like a couple of drugs, but I was still doing some other drugs. Um, so I, I hired a CPA to help me. Right. So it's like, instead of living in that pain and trying to like avoid the problem and actually making the problem worse. I was like, what if I just hire a CPA, um, inviting in my higher power, um, reaching out to other people who I trust, who are also in recovery of whatever sort. There's lots of different types of recovery, lots of different approaches, therapy. Um, I don't know, you know, you know, you know, 
what options are, right? Okay. So here we are now. We are moving on to our herb of the day catnip. Did I already do... Did I already do a promotion for, so if you'd like to support this podcast, you can book a tarot reading with me at samantha.as.me. Lots of different options from a one card spread all the way up to like, we could do a holy guardian angel spread. We can look at whatever fate path you're on right now, where your inner and outer resources are. If you have a yes or no question that you want the answer to. Um, check out samantha.as.me and book your tarot reading with me online. You can also purchase art from my Etsy shop at etsy.com slash shop slash hanael777. That's H-A-N-A-E-L-777. I'll be adding new art to there probably at the end of the month, but check out and see what, what goodies we have on there as well. And now today, meow, <laughs> what a cat's uh, catnip. Okay, meow. Okay, today's herb of the day is catnip. Not just for your feline, for, not just for your pussy. Catnip, it's not just for your pussy, it's for your self too. Okay, so yes, here we go. Um, catnip, yay, catnip. From the book Herbally Yours by Penny C. Royale, one of our favorites here at A Thousand Serious Moves, catnip can be utilized for the flu, nervous disorders, a morning sickness to stop vomiting. It can calm you and help you to sleep if you have insomnia and if you chew fresh leaves can heal a toothache or at least temporarily relieve it. And so we get this sense that catnip is a very calming, uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't know if I'd use the word sedative, um, but it's a very calming herb. And so a lot of places actually you can find catnip in a tea form. Um, maybe not like H-E-B, but maybe, but probably Whole Foods or your local, your local Botanica, your local metaphysical supply store or herb shop is likely to have catnip. And then obviously we have the internet. If you live in Marfa, we sell catnip at Ocotillo Botanica and we give a friends and family discount. So if you come in and say hi, I will give you a discount on your purchase of catnip or whatever it is that you want to purchase there. So, um, yes, catnip, you can take it as a tea. Um, sometimes you can also just like, like it says, just chew the leaves themselves if you have like the fresh plant. Um, and then from the herbal healing handbook, again, it says that catnip is, can be used for an upset stomach. If you have worry, anxiety, or nervous tension can help you relax before you sleep. So again, this is a second source that's reiterating the calming effects of catnip. And you can also, yes, and then the Herbal Healing Handbook also has a magical use, which says that as an infusion, catnip can be said to make a woman even more attractive. So I would say, you know, maybe if you're drinking the tea, you could recite this poem or like a little kind of spell over the tea, asking that it make you more beautiful and well-received. You could also make the tea and then cool it off and then you could like maybe spray it on your body after you shower or you could add it to your bath Um, if you're making like a love bath and then you want to add like maybe some rose petals some catnip and then always like speaking our intention over the thing so like if you want it to make you more attractive 
you know, you could, you could recite this poem or even like a psalm, um, or anything that would be like appropriate if there's like a poem you like or maybe even like a song about like being sexy or something you could say it over the herb and over the tea um, or over your bath or whatever it, however it is that you're going to be washing yourself or spraying yourself or drinking the tea to become more attractive so there you go and then um from in terms of more magical uses from the Encyclopedia of Magical Herbs by Scott Cunningham. Um, Obviously, catnip is great for your cat. It builds a psychic bond between the two of you. So, okay. And then it says you can use catnip in a love sachet, usually used in conjunction with rose petals. And then if you hold catnip in your hand until it's warm and then hold anyone else's hand, they will forever be your friend. As long as you keep the catnip you used for the spell in some safe place. So if there's somebody that you really want to be friends with and then you have the catnip in your hand and you hold someone else's hand and then you keep that catnip in a safe place, then so shall your friendship last until you have, until you don't have the catnip anymore. If you grow catnip near your home or hang it over your door, it attracts good spirits and great luck. It's also used, again, in spells designed to enhance beauty and happiness. Um, Yeah, so hang it above your door. Grow a catnip plant, which you surprisingly can get at most of your home and garden shops. Like, definitely Buchanan's in Houston sells catnip, like the actual plant. And so just growing it in your herb garden. Um, And then hang, or even just hanging it above your door to attract good spirits and good luck. And it also, because it's a friendship herb, I did want to read Psalm 138 so that you have another practical use of, like you could utilize Psalm 138 if you're working with catnip because Psalm 138 is typically prayed to produce love and friendship. So if you want to receive love and friendship for the day, then recite Psalm 138 and all the more so if you do it on a regular basis. But if you're making like a friendship pouch or something, um, you know, instead of like a friendship bracelet, like maybe you and your friend are like making, or like you want to attract friends. And so you would put some, you could put some catnip in your mojo bag. Um, and then you could recite Psalm 138 over it. And obviously you would need some incense and things like that but here's just a couple practical things so psalm 138 you can pray on a regular basis to produce love and friendship and so if you've been receiving a lot of enemies if you've been just feeling like people are just like hating on you then recite psalm 138 in the morning and see how your day unfolds differently and here's psalm 138 i will praise you with my whole heart Before the gods, I will sing praises to you. I will worship toward your holy temple and praise your name for your loving kindness and your truth. For you have magnified your word above all your name. In the day when I cried out, you answered me and made me bold with strength in my soul. All the kings of the earth shall praise you, O Lord, when they hear the words of your mouth. Yes, they shall sing of the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. Though the Lord is on high, yet he regards the lowly, 
but the proud he knows from afar. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you will revive me. You will stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies, and your right hand will save me. The Lord will perfect that which concerns me. Your mercy, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the works of your hands. And again, we can recite these psalms and these holy scriptures, remembering that when it says God or he or you with a capital Y, that there's actually deeper uh, mystical patterns that are going on here. And it's not talking about some God in the sky. And if you don't believe in a God in the sky like me, if you don't believe in that, um, these psalms still work and hold many magical and mystical layers for he or she who has eyes to see and ears to hear. And with that is our final replay of our poem for catnip uh thank you for listening to this podcast please share with your friends subscribe leave a review book a tarot reading with me purchase some art and more than for your feline catnip brings you friends for calming morning sickness with roses makes a lovely blend. They say this herb can make you pretty or even bless your house. Surely you'll bond with Kitty, a treat for every mouse. To welcome some luck into your abode, hang this herb above your door or chew its leaves to relieve a toothache. A tea concoction will help you snore. Surely by now you can plainly see. Catnip is for many. Furry or human or in between. Its uses are aplenty.